Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. This week we'll be talking about the FlickType virtual keyboard for use with iOS devices. This keyboard is sure to be very useful for the visually impaired because they can type very efficiently and quickly and accurately using this keyboard. We'll speak with Ashley and Costa Alephthru, the creators of FlickType, about how the keyboard works and why it is so efficient to use, whether or not you can see. But first for our news of the week. This week's news, instead of our usual tip, is that Eyes on Success was just awarded the International Association of Audio Information Services Program Award for 2017 in the interview category. And that award was given to episode 1725 about low vision optometry, in which we interviewed Dr. George Kornfeld, a low vision optometrist himself, about aids and services that you might find beneficial. And as you will hear at the end of this episode, we will be reprising that episode next week in celebration of having received that award. Let's start by meeting Ashley and Costa and learning about what prompted them to make this valuable tool for the visually impaired. So we've got two people on the line with us today. Can you introduce yourselves? Hi there. Uh, I'm Costa. And I'm Ashley, and we're the co-founders of KPAW, the company behind FlipType. And KPAW is uh, actually um, the initials of our family members. Costa, Penelope, our two-year-old, Ashley, and Winter, our dog. <laughs> That's nice you include the dog with equal billing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's a family affair. Now, we'll talk a little bit later about the keyboard app that you're making for people to use with VoiceOver. And this is an application that's for visually impaired people. I take it you two are not visually impaired? No, we are not. Um, I do have someone in my family. My uh, father actually has uh, glaucoma and he has lost his vision from one eye. And, you know, it's very likely that I myself at some point will uh, experience something similar. And I think something that really has drawn us here is that generally people, you know, as you grow older, also there's uh, some vision vision loss there. So uh, we're really trying to uh, improve the way that people can type, uh, no matter what the level of sight, but uh, we're actually very, very focused on the blind and uh, low vision community. That's very nice to do this in honor of and for the benefit of your father. Thank you. And what are your backgrounds? I have studied computer science and uh, actually was when the App Store on iOS just first came out. And my first app back then, I think it was 2000. Uh, Maybe maybe eight. Um, I'm a little fast now. Oh, yes, I think it's ten year anniversary of the app store. So uh, my first app, pretty, pretty entertaining app. Uh, it was uh, really popular at the time. It ended up being the number one app uh, worldwide. So that was pretty crazy back in the day. And ever since then, I got hooked into app development. So uh, I guess I haven't stopped developing on iOS since then. And then for me, I actually started in the marketing and advertising world right after college. So at my first job, we started uh, building an e-commerce app, 
And then around this time, I had also just met Costa, who was working on an app, you know, on his own. So after work, I would go over and help him. And that's where I really got my feet wet and got super interested. So after that, um, that app was sold to Google. And I went to law school and I studied patent and startup law. And so um, during law school, I became the COO of Flexi. And then we co-founded this company together recently. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, it takes all kinds of skills to run a company. As good as you might be at one particular thing, you really need, you know, a full range of skills to do this. So it's kind of neat how you partnered up together. Yeah, and we actually started working together just a few weeks into dating. So we happen to have very complementary skill sets, you know, me marketing and legal sort of thing, and then Costa with all the tech engineering side of things. Neat. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 This week's focus topic is FlickType, a smart keyboard designed especially for blind users of iOS devices. So today we wanted to talk mostly about the FlickType app that you guys are developing now for voiceover users, people who are visually impaired to use. And I thought before we talk about kind of the history of how it all got started and where you're going, we could talk a little bit about what basically this keyboard is all about and how people use it. FlickType, the way I would describe it in one sentence is that it is the fastest and easiest uh, keyboard on iOS for blind and low vision users. So it is based on the standard QWERTY layout. It does not require you to learn an entirely new system. And what it does is it basically goes away with any of the buttons that you would find on a normal keyboard besides the letters. And you can just touch the screen anywhere. It's a full screen keyboard. And for some of the most common actions like deleting or spacing words, you end up doing very simple flick gestures uh, across the screen. So a flick right, for example, is a space. And a flick left is uh, deleting an entire word. And then one of the other really uh, useful gestures is if the prediction of flick type was wrong, you just do a flick down and you get to cycle through the alternative suggestions. I understand that FlickType is based off of Flexi, and we did an episode about Flexi maybe four years ago when we talked to Yanni Verdalis. What's the relationship really between FlickType and Flexi? In both cases, I am the, the original inventor of the system. What uh, FlickType is today is starting from code that was open sourced by Flexi, the company, a while ago. So Flexi was acquired by Pinterest about a couple of years ago. And thankfully, the company agreed to my request to open source what was the initial app that uh, launched. And we are starting from that, reviving it and bringing it up to speed with uh, all the latest iOS uh, APIs. And we are going to be offering that uh, for free. It's on the App Store. You can just download it. If you search for FlickType, it's F-L-I-C-K-T-Y-T-E. And it is a standalone app. So it's similar in that vein to how Flexi launched. But we are actually working to make this a system-wide keyboard as well. And you can join our beta to get an early preview of that. The only thing I would add to this is that the reason we open sourced it was so that someone else could pick it up and run with it since we were preoccupied. You know, I went back to law school and Costa was at Pinterest, but nobody picked it up. So we felt like 
this was a perfect opportunity for us. We felt like we had some unfinished business and we've been having a real pull towards helping people. So we thought, why not? This is great. We have a great opportunity here. So it's sort of like a quarterback throwing a pass to himself. <laughs> yeah, when you expect someone else to grab it, and then no one does, so you just run right right over and grab it, yes. Great analogy. Well, that's quite admirable. And I, and I must say, as a voiceover user, I really appreciate that effort. I've been playing around with the beta, and, you know, I can type on a regular Apple keyboard by listening to the letters that I'm hitting or whatever, but it's kind of slow and tedious. But I must say, typing on this flick-type keyboard is really fun, and it's very fast and very efficient. Can you describe how one would type on the flick-type keyboard? I mean, I know Pete's having a great time using it, but can you describe how that works to a newcomer? Absolutely. And uh, I would say that there's a little bit of an element of uh, faith here to trust the system because what you do is you just tap the screen lightly where you think the letter of the word is. So just once lightly. Um, this is actually similar if you're familiar with the direct touch typing mode on iPhone. And what you do is after you touch the screen where you think all the letters of your word are, you just flick right and hopefully what you hear back is the word that you wanted. Now, the big difference behind the scenes is that we don't really have keys on the keyboard. The prediction engine just looks at the points, the locations, if you want, in like uh, X and Y coordinates of the screen where you touched it, and tries to infer the word based on the relative positions of those points. So if you take the example of the, the word banana, you will notice that your fingers will be alternating between the bottom middle part of the keyboard where the B is, and then the kind of left part where the A is. So you go B-A-N-A-N-A. And there's only very, very few words that have this kind of unique pattern, if you want, where even if you ended up like typing that towards the middle part of the screen or even near the top, there's not much ambiguity about what you meant. So this, this is really how it works behind the scenes. So that works great for a word like banana, but what if you're typing along and you want to say either ship, S-H-I-P, or shop, S-H-O-P, and the I and the O are right next to each other? How does it know which one to use? That's a great question, and I think that is a, a, actually a struggle among a, any user that types on the iPhone, cited or not, because the buttons are just so small. So what we realized from the beginning is that there's never going to be a system that is 100% correct, although what we do use is we, we do try to see what the words immediately before that are and see which of those two options that you mentioned would make the most sense. Now, in the case that it is the wrong one, you just flick down again, like I mentioned earlier, you just flick down and you get the next suggestion and you can immediately start typing the next word. So we really try to soften the main pain points of typing. And again, I found that to be very usable on the beta version of this app. If I type in a word and it comes out to be ship and I wanted shop, you don't have to retype the whole thing. You just flick down until you get to one that says shop. And usually the words that you intend to type will be there. So it's pretty quick and efficient. Yeah, and we actually think it's, I mean, from my use of the iOS uh, default keyboard, you know, if it's the wrong word, you have to kind of tap and hold the word and then choose the correct word. So from my use, I actually find it much faster than the standard keyboard. The, the entire concept behind both 
how the uh, prediction engine works in terms of the relative positions of the touch points rather than keys, as well as the flick gestures, uh, the principle is that we don't want you to have to worry about being accurate. So you can type anywhere and you can flick anywhere. You don't have to kind of stop and really concentrate hard on figuring what, what is the right point to do it. Yeah, you don't have to be very precise. I've learned with this app, you can just you know type along and really not worry. And it really does a pretty good job of predicting what you want to put there. Okay, I couldn't resist doing a demo of the FlickType app to show you just how easily and nicely that it works. So let's activate the app. FlickType, ready to type. Flick up with two fingers for menu. And you'll hear me as I tap the screen, and then each time I flick right, the word will be produced that I typed. Let's go. This is a really Great. App. Period. And then if I want to hear what I type, I just hold it up to my ear. This is a really great app. And there you go. That's pretty easy. If I want to delete what I just typed, I can flick right. Period. App. Great. Really. And I can delete all the way back to the beginning by just holding my finger down after I flick right. Hey, no, no more text to delete. Flick up with two fingers for menu. There you go. And then I can start typing again. Very easy, right? Well, thank you, Pete. And now you also have special gestures for changing a period to some other punctuation mark. Can you talk about how some of that's done? Yeah. So we so far have talked a lot about typing words and kind of editing them or deleting them with the flick left gesture. Uh, but uh, the next sort of most common task is adding some of the most uh, common punctuation, like a period or a comma, question mark, and, and the like. So to do that, actually very similarly in concept to how you can do the double space for period shortcut on the iOS keyboard, mm -hmm. the same way once you do the flick right to space after a word, you can do one more flick right, and that will automatically insert a period after your word. And just like with regular words that you can change them if you just click down to get the next alternative suggestion, you can do the same for the period. And then the next one is going to be the comma and question mark, exclamation mark, and a couple of other common symbols. So this way you can continue your flow of not having to be accurate, even if you want to add uh, punctuation. So you, you very rarely should have to do a sort of more complex and slower gesture to switch to like a symbols layout, for example. You talked about not having the keys displayed on the screen. And of course, if somebody's working with voiceover, they probably have their screen blank anyway. But, you know, Pete tells me this is a really fun keyboard. So maybe I might want to use it and I can see. So when I'm typing, I'm used to having something to look at. Is this usable by somebody who's sighted and, and is expecting to see a keyboard on the screen? Absolutely. And actually what we did was just put a keyboard there to make everyone feel better. So some of the low vision users, you know, can see the keys and they're there. So it is just like a regular keyboard. The only thing I would say is if it doesn't get your letter, like if it shows a different letter, we just have to trust the system that once you flick right, it'll guess your word properly, or at least that word would be within the suggestion. So yeah, we have demoted the letters and the keys to just be mere indicators rather than what you literally have to press. 
So there is an option in the app actually to uh, what's called an invisible keyboard, and you can toggle that on and off if you want to be seeing the keyboard uh, on the screen. And yeah, we do find that uh, low vision users, you know, it's, it's an entire spectrum, of course. Many people have told us that they use it either way, uh, either with or without the keyboard. I think it's pretty common where as soon as you kind of get the hang of the system, you really don't need to be seeing the keyboard anymore. And by get the hang, it's just simply trusting the system. Yeah. And the other thing is, of course, not every word can be in your dictionary, but you also have the ability to have a custom dictionary. Can you talk a little about that? Definitely. So, of course, we know that there's not going to be uh, any kind of dictionary that we can supply uh, from the get-go that will include every single word you want to type. So we wanted to have an easy way where you can fall back to sort of a more traditional way of entering some word that may not be in the dictionary. So what you do is very simply and very similar to the standard iOS keyboard, you tap down and hold your finger down and you start hearing the letters that uh, your finger is over. And then when you hear the one that you want, you just let go and that letter is automatically entered. So this way you can do super accurate input and then with the flick right again, you just space and you can continue and carry on. Now, if you wanted to add that to your dictionary so that next time you don't have to do the same, but rather you can type the keyboard like in a very inaccurate way again, you just need to flick up after having typed the word and that's, that gets automatically added to the dictionary. But we are going to improve this entire process because it's still a little bit uh, cumbersome. So we're gonna offer uh, a much better way, and this will be coming very soon, a much better way to manage your dictionary, both in terms of adding and removing entries from that. And uh, when we do that, we most likely will automatically make it so that as soon as you enter a word in that fashion, like accurately, we will automatically add your dictionary so you don't have to take an extra step. So we talked a lot about the current capabilities of the FlickType app. And as of the time the show is airing, the app should be available as a standalone app in the App Store, which means that you have to copy any text that you enter into another app if you want to use it there. But eventually, you have plans to make this be an integrated keyboard as part of one of your standard choices. And you also talked about some other improvements like to the dictionary. So can you give us kind of a roadmap of what to expect in the future? Yeah, definitely. So the, by far the biggest request and the, uh, you know, the thing that we are the most excited about personally as well is to bring this uh, easy, fast, and full-screen keyboard experience inside every app on iOS. So work is already underway for the system-wide keyboard, and it's already in beta. Uh, you can join the beta and, and take it for a spin. Apart from the fact that it's going to be in every app, we will uh, dramatically improve the way you enter advanced symbols and the way you uh, manipulate your dictionary, as previously mentioned, as well as bring what is a very, very requested feature and um, pretty much a necessity to move the cursor so that you can go back and edit something without having to delete everything that you've typed so far uh, up to that point, which is the case with standalone app right now. And a couple other big things that we're going to be working on is autocorrect intelligence. So we had mentioned, you know, ship versus shop earlier. So we're going to start including context as well as learning user-specific habits. So that's both words they use as well as where they tap on the screen. So if they happen to tap more to the left and up, we're gonna learn that so that we can adjust and be able to better correct their words, as well as like iCloud syncing for, you know, having your dictionary across different devices 
And then I guess another big thing would be word completion. So you tap a few letters and then we're going to be able to help you complete your word to help you be more efficient and more productive. One of the other things that the iOS typing mechanism does is I do a lot of speech input. Sometimes it's just quicker and easier, although with flick type, it might not be anymore. And they'll guess at whatever word they think they heard, and they'll autocorrect to whatever they think it ought to be. But sometimes I'll get to the end of the sentence, and I'll notice that some word, you know, five or 10 words ago, just got re-autocorrected. Now, I'm guessing if the user is blind, this would be extremely annoying. Yeah, so we think there's a place and time for dictation, certainly, and uh, many people end up having to do at least one small edit before they finally send or share their uh, message. So with the system-wide keyboard, what you'll be able to do is, one, we're going to make it really, really easy for you to use dictation as well. Now, unfortunately, the iOS APIs don't allow us to do it right from our keyboard. Keyboards uh, on iOS are not allowed to be using the microphone. But what we're going to do is make it uh, so that with a really easy gesture, actually most likely the same gesture that you use to invoke dictation now as a voiceover user, the uh, two-finger double tap, uh, this is going to be the gesture that you can use to go back to the system keyboard, from which if you do that gesture once more, you're going to invoke dictation. And then if you want to make any edits, you can just quickly switch to the flick-type keyboard and navigate uh, the cursor and delete things and uh, retype them the way you want to make those final edits really, really easily. Well, that's great to be able to flick back and forth quickly and Mm -hmm. use the tool that's best for the job at the time and integrate them both into your workflow. Exactly. So it sounds like you guys have been developing apps and programs for a very long time, but an app of this sophistication must take a lot of work. Where do you find the time to do this, and what other apps are you developing in the meantime? This is really the uh, only project we are working on right now, and I would say that probably every other time that uh, we've worked on something, it's been the, the sole focus of what we do. Being very motivated by how things like this help people's lives in a very meaningful way and the, the emails that we receive is really something that makes us just want to get up in the morning and just work more and, and work through the long nights uh, as I <laughs> often do. I work genius hours. So I always joke, you know, he, he ends work often at 3 a.m. or something similar to that. And he's really the brains behind all this. He has an amazing ability with creativity and motivation. He can sit at his computer for hours and hours on end. It's incredible. So are you going to charge for this keyboard or how do you make money at it? We definitely want to make this be a sustainable project. Uh, We want to avoid the mistakes of the past. And what we're going to do this time around is focus solely on the blind and low vision community. We are never going to target sighted users. So the very first step is to launch what was previously the Flexi app that people really loved and launch that available for free for everyone. Um, And as you know, we are continuing the development uh, in open source. But in order to make this sustainable, we do plan to charge something, some very, very small and reasonable fee for new features. So things like the system-wide keyboard, cursor control, and uh, new functionality is going to come for a small charge. What we also want to do different this time is Again, make it a very low and reasonable price compared to what Flex initially launched with. 
because we think, and this is really my gut feeling, and I am pretty confident in this, that uh, a product that is a keyboard for low vision and blind users on iOS can be a sustainable business. You know, it still remains to be seen, but I definitely believe that to be the case. So we want to build a long-lasting relationship with the community and really build out a product that, you know, everybody will be using for years to come. Well, great. We all wish you luck at that, especially me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's a great project. I'm glad you guys have gotten back into it because I know that Flexi thing started out and it was kind of run by people who couldn't see first because I guess the eventual goal was to pitch it to a larger community of sighted people who weren't going to use their eyes. And, you know, it worked reasonably well with voiceover at first, but then as, you know, they put in more and more features for sighted people, it became less usable and all. This looks good and clean and seems to be working pretty well. I'm pleased. That's great. Yeah, and this time we're actually, the last time we took on VC funding and that sort of thing, so you know you lose you lose a little bit of control yes. of the vision. Yeah. So this time we're just keeping self-funded, just the two of us, and that's why Costa kept calling it a sustainable business, so that we can just keep hold of the vision and really steer the ship in the direction we'd like. Well, good. If by uh, Ben chance you, you missed it, we did do an interview with Apple this a few days ago where we talked a little bit about that, so if you wanted more details. Oh, okay. It was a lengthy one, and we went into detail. Oh, great. And we'll have a link to that in our show notes. Now for this week's final item, how you can learn more about FlickType, how you can follow their progress and updates, and how you can become a member of their beta team. So if people want to find out more about the FlickType app and what you're doing, can you give us some contact information, a website, or other places people can go for more information? Oh, sure. So our website is FlickType.com, F-L-I-C-K-T-Y-P-E.com. And then if they want to join the beta or if they have any questions, they can send us an email at hello at FlickType.com. And then we also have a groups.io group, which is flicktype at groups.io. And then lastly, we're on Twitter at flicktype. If anyone wants to follow us for the latest news and updates. And you guys are very receptive to feedback from your users, as I can tell from being part of your beta tester. We actually appreciate it so much. I think we appreciate it more on our end than when our users see their uh, suggestions and requests be in the latest update. It's really very helpful for us because we want this to be, you know, a back and forth communication and we really want the users to help us mold and shape what the product is. And I am really looking forward to this being a full-fledged alternative keyboard for the visually impaired for iOS devices. So look for it in the App Store soon. If you're looking for any of that contact information, as usual, it will be available in the show notes for this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number 1819. Next week on Eyes on Success, we will present an encore of show 1725 about low vision optometry in celebration of the award that that episode just won from the International Association of Audio Information Services. And if you can't wait for next week, we'll have a link to that original episode in the show notes as well. There is no question that people with vision problems should be seen by an ophthalmologist to evaluate their condition. Low vision specialists, on the other hand, aim to provide solutions that help in daily living. 
We'll speak with Dr. George Kornfeld, a low vision optometrist, about specialty aids and services that you might find beneficial. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.